Folks, we'll make a start to the meeting tonight and sing together the opening hymn, which is 439. I have a shepherd, one I love so well, how he has blessed me, tongue can never tell. On the cross he suffered, shed his blood and died, that I might ever in his love confide. Is that the note? Amen.
It's good to know the Savior, good to know the Shepherd, good to know as we follow Him that He keeps us where we ought to be and He directs our way. We are the sheep of His pasture and we think tonight of so many that are in particular need. I want to remember them in prayer. Later on we will be thinking about Lena and Sveta who are returning to Ukraine, going home. And I know it is with mixed feelings, but they're looking forward to going home to family. And uh, Lena's looking forward to being with her husband, who's a pastor again. And that's happening tomorrow. At least the journey begins tomorrow. I want to remember Alex Moffat. I'll say something later on about Alex, but he hasn't been well. He's been admitted to hospital. He's in hospital. He's getting treatment for a very severe uh, infection in his lungs and in his blood. So do remember him uh, in prayer tonight. Let's all seek the Lord. <coughs> Lord, it's always a joy to come to the presence of God, to come before the Lord who is our Redeemer and the Savior and the Shepherd. We can say with the hymn writer, I have a shepherd, one I love so well. We can say the Lord is my shepherd. It was David's testimony. It's the testimony of every true child of God. There are many can acknowledge him as a shepherd and they can say he's one of many leaders, spiritual men, religious men of the world. There are others who have understanding in the things of God and they can say he is the shepherd, that there's no other but him. <clears throat> Even some unconverted people can testify to this but only the true child of God through grace can say he's mine, he's my shepherd and we thank you for that day that we were brought to him in saving faith, brought into personal relationship and union with the dear son of God when we were joined to him forevermore we thank you for the opportunity, therefore, to be together in his house, in his presence, we know that the Lord is with his people at all times. The shepherd and the sheep are joined together forever. And he watches over us. He directs our way. He leads us. Even as that shepherd Sam reminds us, he, he leads us by the still waters. And Lord, we thank you that you guard us, you keep us. Think of the shepherd's staff and the shepherd's rod used for so many things in giving direction to the sheep. And Lord, we know that one day we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we're going to be with the shepherd. We're going to see him as he is. We have everything to look forward to as the redeemed of God. Keep us faithful. Help us to abound in your work. Help us to labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Talk of all his wondrous love and care. Help us, Lord, to faithfully present Christ to others. We thank you for the witness that is made to family members and friends, acquaintances, even at times to strangers. You give us opportunities to speak a word in the gospel. And we pray that you will remember the testimony that we seek to make in this world. We've been sent to preach the word, to gossip the word, to tell others about the Lord who is mighty to save. Remember those that have been witness to this week already opportunity given to to sit down speak to them pass on a word lord we pray that there will be awakening grace that will
bring sinners to, to the light, to the knowledge of God, will bring them, Lord, to a place of conviction where they will truly see their need of a Savior and flee to him, flee from the wrath of God and flee to the arms of a loving Savior. Lord, may there be many conversions in these days. Remember the many that came uh, to the service last Sunday night and heard your word. Lord, we pray that as the seed was sown, that it will bring forth a harvest. Remember the many children gathered in on Tuesday night. We pray for the boys and girls, the upcoming generation, that you will bless them, save them by your grace. And we know later we'll think about Lena and Sveta and their journey to Ukraine. We pray that you will be with them, bless them exceedingly, protect them in the journey. And we pray as they go back there that you'll still continue to safeguard them, keep them in the hollow of your hand. We pray that you will bless the ministry in that country. Thank you for sinners that are being saved, the witness that is made. And Lord, we pray that you will bless that witness and use it for your glory. We remember Alex tonight very especially as we bring his name and his situation to the Lord in prayer. We're asking the Lord to to look upon him in mercy and to touch him in his body and rid him of the infections that are there and restore him to health and strength again. We know that thou art able to do these things and you've commanded us to pray for one another that we might be healed. And we pray for Alex that he might be healed. Lord, be with him tonight. Remember Ruth and the family. Remember Phil and Tracy and pray, Lord, for them, for Sarah and Joshua too. We just commit them to your grace. So shut us in with yourself now for this little time and bless us in the things of God tonight for Jesus' sake. Amen. Bid you welcome, as always, to the service in the Saviour's name. If you had some difficulty negotiating your way through the town, if it was busy, uh, we know that tonight is the, the turning on of the lights and so forth, and that always brings a lot of activity in and around uh, Alamoney. There's lovely seats here with your name on them, right here at the front, you see, with an imaginary name sitting there, but we'd just love to have you up at the front here. If you're listening in tonight on the internet, and that might be you, and we have many that join us, we bid you a very warm word of welcome in the Saviour's name to be part of our fellowship tonight here at Hebron. Young people, remember tomorrow night is the fellowship at 8 o'clock, and then from Friday to Sunday for our missionary council and those that are going uh, to Macraboy Hotel in Port Rush, it is the, the weekend that has a special missionary emphasis. We've told you what's happening tomorrow night. It's a fellowship meeting at 8 o'clock, and uh, I've been going through all my photographs. Sometimes it's difficult to do that. When you've got about 30,000 photographs, it's difficult just to get the right ones, but thankfully they're in sequence. And so we've only had to go back to February and just go through the thousands that we've taken since then. And we've got a presentation of what God has done in bringing the Ukrainians to Northern Ireland. Tomorrow night will be the testimony also of Pastor Valentine. And we're thankful to Anna for doing the translation work there. The family will sing. And it's not a closed door to the meeting. So if you're free, you would like to come up to Macroboy, you'll be very welcome as we cup of tea afterwards uh, just to encourage you before you go home. 
Saturday's the conference meeting at 8 o'clock. Um, various missionary reports. Reverend Boyd, David McCauley, who's with us here. Glenda will give a testimony. Rebecca will sing. Samuel will bring a report on the VBS 2019. Uh, we've told those that are giving reports five minutes. And if they take an extra one, that's okay. If they take an extra two, we're a wee bit worried. If they take three, they're in big trouble. So... Uh, we, don't, we don't want the reports. We just want them to be punchy reports, challenging reports, and then the preaching of the word, Dr. John Douglas. And again, the meeting is open to all who would like to come. Saturday morning is the open air in the centre of the town at 11 o'clock. We encourage you to go to that. Next Lord's Day, the prayer meeting at o'clock. Sunday school, 10.30. Bible class, 10.45. Worship service at 12. <clears throat> Sees the end of the missionary weekend. As far as the council is concerned, coming here to worship with us, uh, there'll be a report from DePanker. Uh, the Ukrainian church group, I hope, will be able to sing. Our youth choir will sing a piece. Reverend Colin Mercer may, may send a greeting. His wife has taken ill, so they're not able to come. And, of course, Joshua Moffat, he will preach the word. So remember the service, gospel meetings at 7, preceded by the time of prayer. We encourage you to attend. Another song tonight that we're going to play to you, the Hebron Church. The Hebron Church sang it quite a few months ago, and then we're going to sing it, okay? And as that piece, He Will Hold Me Fast, we know that that has been very particular to the Ukrainian people and was for us as we thought about them coming and what was going on in Ukraine back in February, March time. So we did sing it. And we should be able to play it for you tonight, all being well.
preparation that was being made at the time to receive our friends and there's a lot of work going on here in the church. Many people come in to prepare the facilities and likewise over in our home, what we would call the attic rooms, the third story. And uh, we, we listened to that song over and over again as we did, did some work. You remember that, Susan? And that song was great encouragement to us as we thought of the war in Ukraine, as we thought of these folks that were hoping to get here uh, from Poland at the time. So we're going to try and sing it tonight, Melanie. He will hold me fast. <coughs> It's the American version of Saviour. 
still the same words, all the same. We're turning to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 tonight. A little text here that struck me this morning in daily light. And uh, I felt this is just the message for tonight. And it's from Colossians chapter 1. We'll come to it shortly. We'll read the opening 20 verses. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declare, declared unto you, so unto us, your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. I was thinking particularly of verse 9 through to verse 11, where we have, and this is the title that I want to put in the message tonight, the spiritual desire of the great apostle for others. And I think it's well summarized here in these few lines. You'll remember whenever the Apostle Paul spoke to the Corinthian church about 
his multiple sufferings that he mentioned the burden that he had for the churches in addition to all that he suffered at the hands of wicked men. Turn to 2 Corinthians just for a moment. These verses will be familiar to you and um, they're always a challenge of course when you read them, when you think of what the apostle passed through by way of suffering. Second, Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23 onwards. I'll read these verses quickly with you. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without. This is all he suffered from without. That's outside the church and the world. All these things came upon him. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily. And just mark this little phrase here, the care of all the churches. If you have a margin, and uh, maybe there's a reference beside this word care, that means deep concern. And Paul had a deep concern for all the churches. That burden of Paul Undoubtedly was expressed in a variety of ways. You, you, you can't have this care and concern in your heart for the people of God without expressing it in some way. I believe he expressed it when he wrote to them. And we know that the inspired epistles, he was moved by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure there were other epistles that he wrote. But he cared for these people, so he wrote to them, not only very often expressing what his desire was for their spiritual development, but at times having to rebuke them and to call out their sin and address some problem that was prevalent among them. Paul cared for them and he wrote to them. Paul cared for them and he visited them. Went on his first missionary journey, saw many of these people converted, saw the churches planted, but he didn't forget about them. When he went on his second missionary journey and his third missionary journey, and even on return journeys from those missionary journeys, he came back and he saw these people. He wanted to be there physically to see their progress, to see how they were getting on. And he expressed his care by simply going to be with them and spending time with them. He also expressed his concern at times by sending others. There were times when Paul could not physically go, but he sent some of the other preachers to be with them. But one of the greatest expressions of his care is seen in the fact that he prayed for them. And you'll see how often he, he mentions this in his letters. I would like to have turned to these references. I would like to have read them uh, to you tonight because they do express the desires, the burden of heart that the great apostle Paul had. 
But let me give you the ones that I was looking at today and reading and thinking about. And that will suffice if you want to jot them down. Romans 1 verse 9. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18. Chapter 3 and verse 14 to 19. Philippines chapter 1 verses 3 to 7. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 2. Colossians 1, this chapter here that we've read from tonight, verse 3. And we'll read that verse. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. And then we'll come back to the text, verse 9 through to 11. But over in chapter 4 and verse 12, thinking particularly of one dear man of God in chapter 4 and verse 12, this is what he said. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And so here, writing to the Colossian believers in chapter 1, he tells them that he prayed for them. Great Apostle Paul, possessing this care for all the churches, made it his business to bring them before the Lord, to mention their name, their desires, their needs, his desires for them in the throne room of heaven. And I want you to learn that the greatest thing that you can do for another is to pray for them. It's the greatest service. It's good to visit them, as Paul did. And we have the opportunity to visit people and spend time, especially in times of trouble and need. And it's good to send a letter to other people. And nowadays... With modern technology, it's the text, it's the WhatsApp, it's the email, just to encourage them. And I know some of you do that. And it's good to send others if you can't go yourself. But the greatest thing that you can do is to pray. To bow our knees. To approach the eternal throne where Christ sits as our mediator. And bring the needs of others and our own desires for them to God who has promised to hear his people when they pray. This should be so in our personal supplications uh, and also in our public intercessions. We should be remembering them when we pray individually at home. And we do remember them, as you know, as we come here to the public seasons of prayer, we intercede on behalf of others. We pray for the salvation of sinners, often, probably every prayer meeting, at some stage we will hear men and women, young people being prayed for, sometimes even wept over, that they might come to Christ, and that's the right thing to do. And we pray for the spiritual growth of the saints of God. We want to see them going on with God. And we pray for the health of our friends. We prayed already tonight for the health of our friends. We've mentioned in prayer that we are to pray for one another, that we might be healed. I think of the beloved John when he wrote one of his epistles. He mentioned Gaius. And you remember what he said concerning Gaius? He wished that he would prosper in health as he had already prospered in his soul. Gaius must have been unwell. And Paul was just longing that this man would recover from his sickness. And we pray for the protection of others. Tonight, Lena and Sveta, we will be praying for you. Okay, I have to do the actions because they, I don't know any Russian. Well, I know some words, but not very many. But we will be praying as you go back 
to Ukraine, that the Lord would protect you and keep you in his hand in your journey as you go there. And we ought to pray for the safeguarding of our children and our family. And I think you all do as parents. We ought to pray for the advancement of Christ's kingdom at home and abroad. We ought to pray for the Ukraine war that God will step in and bring this war to an end. We ought to pray for our dear friends from Ukraine and so many things to to bring before the Lord. The prayer of Paul for the Colossian believers was truly a spiritual prayer. He brings before God his heart's desire for their spiritual well-being and development. And we can do no better than to pray for the spiritual health and growth of our fellow Christians. Yes, by all means, pray for the sick. It's the right thing to do for their healing and recovery. Pray for the education of your children, that God will bless them in school. Pray for jobs that that when they leave school, God will be pleased to open up a door of employment for them. Pray for the protection of others. Pray for the safeguarding of your children. Pray for the end of the war. But first and foremost, that God's people will be godly. And spiritually minded, endowed with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, fruitful in all that they do for the Lord, strong in the Lord, and patient and joyful in days of trouble and trial. Because these are the things that Paul had in mind for the congregation that he's now writing to. And so I want you to think about the spiritual desire of the great apostle for others. And the first thing I want you to Consider is the details of Paul's supplication, the actual petitions that he brings. I want you to see the content of his prayer, the the particular requests that he brought earnestly to the Lord. And as I looked at them, they can be divided at least into five categories. He prayed that they might know God's will. Look there at verse 9, the end of it. He says, I do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The very first thing that Paul prayed for was that these people might have a knowledge of God's will. You want to know the mind of God, to know God himself and what he requires of us. That's our first responsibility. There is no safer place. There is no more contented place. And I have to say there's no more happier place than to be in the center of the will of Almighty God. To know the divine will in all the decisions that you make, great and small, You certainly ought to pray over the major decisions of your life. You ought to pray about your friendships. Those that you spend time with. That's so important. Especially young people growing up. We we hear so often of young people going astray because they get into the wrong company. And usually as we get older, we get wiser. And we know the kind of friends that are good for us. And young people ought to pray as they anticipate the future about their marriage. You used to say that marriage is the second most important decision that you'll ever take in life. The first one, of course, is to be saved. But the next one, because it has life-changing 
results for you is to make sure that you marry the right person and you want to pray over your job if you're going to go into employment if you're going to move employment you want to know the mind of God you want to pray about moving house you want to pray about moving country and I'm sure these people have sought the Lord much about coming here and sought the Lord about going back to their homeland you want to pray about what church is the right church where you will be fed and taught and built up in your faith you want to pray about your Christian service what you do for the Lord and you can know the mind of God you can know his will as Romans 12 and the opening verses tell us as we present our bodies as living sacrifices unto God holy and acceptable unto God which is a reasonable service we will know the mind of God as we give ourselves to the Lord as a living sacrifice and we're not conformed as verse 2 goes on to tell us to the things of the world be not conformed to the things of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what the good acceptable and the perfect will of God I want every Christian to know tonight here in this room and those that are listening in on the internet that there is the good perfect will of God for your life the acceptable as well it's good it's acceptable and it's perfect and you can know that as you give yourself to the Lord present yourself to him all that you are you lay all on the altar and you turn away from the world you're not conformed you're not like the world God will reveal himself and he will show you his mind and you want to get to that place where you can say with the psalmist as the psalmist did say in the Psalm 40 and verse 8 I delight to do thy will I delight to do thy will oh my God and David could say that who's the author of the Psalm 40 and in the greater picture in the prophetic picture it's of Christ he came into this world in humiliation and walked in this life in humiliation went to the cross that was all part of the divine will and he says I delight to do thy will not only in the good things that are enjoyable but even in the hard things as the Savior had to face, and of course David himself faced hard things. I delight to do God's will, the best place to be. I was facing major decisions recently, as, as I shared with you a few months ago, about my future commitment in certain areas of the work. Uh, and I wrote the words of the Psalm 5 and verses 8 and 9. Lead me. And then it goes on to say, make thy way straight before my face. And I wrote those out and I stuck it onto the, the screen of my computer. So it was there every day as I was seeking over that period of time. And it's still there. And it's still something that I look at and it's still something that I pray about. Lead me. Make me. Or make thy, will, thy way straight before my face. And I pray for this congregation as Paul praying for the Colossian church I pray that God will guide you every day when our session and committee meet together to discuss matters and make decisions we always look to the Lord and the men that are here tonight will know if I which is generally myself opening in prayer and somebody else will close but we will always ask for the mind of God as we meet together we have our minds and we have our hearts but we don't want that we want the mind of God and we want the Lord to bring our minds together
in our decisions that we make before God, whether it's in a temporal, physical thing, or whether it's in a spiritual matter, that we're knowing the mind of God. And brethren and sisters, that's how we, we ought to live. So he, he prayed to know God's will. He also prayed, look at verse 10, the opening part of it, to possess a good testimony. One of these people to have a good testimony. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. The second thing that Paul prayed for these dear Colossians was that they would live according to their Christian profession. You know the world is watching on. You know that. And if you're mixing with the ungodly in society, in the community, in work, in school, the world is watching you. You say you're a Christian, they're watching. And of course, the, the Christian church is watching. We're, we're, in a sense, watching each other. But I want you to know tonight, God's watching. He's watching the way we live. He's looking at the testimony that we're giving in this world. And we're to walk worthy of our calling. A life that best represents the Savior that we profess to love and not to grieve him, not to dishonor him in the things that we do. God has given his word. We've got it in our hands tonight. We see the divine truth. In the divine truth, how we should conduct ourselves as lights in a dark world. And what Paul is praying for here is that the people in the congregation at Colossae would live as Christians ought to live, walking worthy of God, that they would represent Christ with the highest standard possible. Don't, don't do things that will bring others to point the finger at you, whether it's somebody that's not saved or whether it's even a Christian and they're pointing the finger at you and me. Don't do things that are unworthy of the profession of faith that we make. Seek to please the Lord. This is the only way to please God. It's part of what Paul is praying here, to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And then, as verse 10 continues, he, he prays that they'll be fruitful <clears throat> being fruitful in every good work. You know, we're saved to good works. The good works do not save us, but we're saved to good works. God wants us to live in this life, and He wants the things that we do every day to be good. It's good to preach, <clears throat> it's good to witness, it's good to pray. These are all good works. Good to be kind, it's good to show compassion. It's good to be charitable and so on. You, you, you can list all the good works that, that the Christian ought to be involved in. Seek to be fruitful in all these things. Let, let them abound in you. Paul prayed that this church would abound in good works. See, it's Spurgeon said, <clears throat> commenting on this text, fruitful in every good work. Here is room and range enough in every good work. Have you the ability to preach the gospel? Preach it. Does a little child need comforting? Comfort it. Can you stand up and vindicate a glorious truth before thousands? Do it. Does a poor saint need a bit of dinner from your table? Send it to her. Let works of obedience, testimony, zeal, charity, piety, and philanthropy all be found in your life. 
Do not select big things as your special line, but glorify the Lord also in the littles, fruitful in every good work. And I pray to this end, I pray that, that I will be like that as a Christian. And I pray that for you, and you ought to pray that too. This is Paul's desire. And you see that he prays that they would grow in knowledge. Verse 10 concludes with, and increasing in the knowledge of God. I wonder, I wonder, have you been increasing in the knowledge of God? I wonder, do you know the Lord more today than last year? Not even come back to your conversion experience because if you don't know God more since the day you were saved, something's tragically wrong. But you know, have you increased in the knowledge of God since, since last year? You know more about him? Know more about him and his person and the great work that he came to do? Let's pray for this. Verse 11, he, he prays that they would be strong in the Lord, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. We all need the strength of God. We need to be strengthened in the work of the Lord, especially in days of trouble and trial, as is indicated here, because this will enable us to be patient and long-suffering in the midst of it all. We pray for this too. Very, very quickly, just a, a quick wee remark. In fact, the, the last two points I will make very quickly. The desire in Paul's supplication. And I think it's there just in verse 9 where he says, To desire that ye might be. And then he gives these five things that he desires for them. There was desire. This is the point I want to make here. There was desire in the heart of the apostle as he prayed. Something that sadly too often is missing or lacking. Some prayers are cold and they are formal. They are ritualistic and repetitive. We want desire as we pray. That we really mean what we pray for. We, we have a longing in our hearts for these things to happen in the lives of others. What is your desire for the church? What's your desire for other Christians? Have you got burdens in your heart for, for the good, the well-being, the blessing of your fellow believers. You might desire the church to be prosperous and wealthy. I don't think that that is such a good desire. Not, not when I think of Laodicea, who seemed to, that's the seventh church that the Lord wrote to, seemed to prosper well in, in, in material things. They were a rich congregation. But you know, Jesus said, you're poor. And although they had outward riches and they had money, it counted for nothing, counted for nothing, while all that time they were poor spiritually. You'd rather be a poor man on this earth when it comes to temporal things and be rich towards God every time, every time. So maybe it's not a good thing to desire that for any church. You might desire for the church to be strengthened numerically, but that's not the end all and be all. And I <coughs> as well as many of you we want to see the seats filled and we want to see many coming in that, that is a blessing to desire that, that people will flock to the house of God that's a good thing but you know my friends you want to desire as Paul did that our people are spiritual and godly these things that he prayed about when it comes to our congregation here to pray over these things that I've mentioned to you, these things that are mentioned in verse 9 through to verse 11. 
May we pray with desire, with earnestness. One final thought, and that is the determination in Paul's supplication. It's really there. We do not cease to pray for you. We do not cease to pray for you. I love to hear these words from my friends and from my congregation. It's just a lovely thing to hear. I I don't cease to pray for you. It's the greatest favor you can do for this pastor. And some in the congregation may may write an email or send a text, Pastor, I'm praying for you. Or they might say as they leave on the Lord's day, I want you to know I'm praying for you. That does my heart good to know that I'm in the mind of God's praying people. There there are those that, that pray for us and it gives me confidence in the ministry. I pray every day for our Hebron congregation. I can say I do not cease to pray for you. Every day I ask God and I have my wee booklet at home. I have a prayer booklet. It's not the the Anglican prayer booklet. It's just the wee booklet that I have made up so that I can remember these things every day and not forget about them. But I pray that God will help me build the house of the Lord. It's a text of scripture about building God's house and the Lord being with us in this work that I've prayed over for many years. I pray every day that that God will help us to go forward. We, We talked about numerical blessing. I pray that and I've prayed it for a long time that God will give us another hundred people and more to fill up the pews. And he's been answering prayer. And we, we get people coming in and, and staying with us. And we, we just pray that that will be so. I pray every day that, that God will bless the elders and the deacons of this church. And they know that. And the two things, that God will give us unity and God will give us spirituality, godliness. I pray every day that God will protect and prosper the church. I pray every day for the school that God will meet the needs of the school. I pray that the Lord will remember our present students and our past students and those that have been connected with us as far as training is concerned. So we think of Johnny and David and and Greg. We think of Depanker. We think of Armin and Joshua and Alex and David Brown, Simon Anderson, all these ones. I just bring their names to the Lord every day. Every day I pray for souls to be saved. And I have a wee list that I pray over every day, yearning in my heart that God will bring those souls to Christ. And we pray that God will heal the sick. And again, we have a list of names of those who have prolonged illness and we just bring their case to the Lord. Then, of course, we have different things that we pray for each day because we have, I have a wee booklet that's divided into what I pray for every day and then what I go on to pray for from the Lord's Day through to Saturday. And every Lord's Day, I cry to God for the outpouring of the Spirit, for the early season of prayer, for the Sabbath school, the superintendent, the teachers, and the the pupils, for the Bible class, the leaders of the Bible class and the members, the Lord's Day services, the ministry of sermon audio, Facebook, and YouTube. Pray for the salvation of the lost, the restoration of backsliders, and the revival of God's people. Every Lord's Day, You see, Paul here had a determination. He prayed continually. We do not cease to pray for you. And I want steadfastness. And I want determination and importunity. I want to be able to say and and look you in the face as I say, I do not cease to pray for you. May God enable 
asked to pray daily and with determination and opportunity we need to keep at the business of prayer and not to give it up so I trust tonight that the Lord will make his word a blessing to your heart and mine and encourages in the place of prayer and just now we want to to remember Lena and Sveta um, as you know they're planning to go back to their home country they're starting that journey tomorrow they'll be traveling from Balamoni down to Dublin and then they'll be getting a flight tomorrow evening over to Moldova and then they'll get a bus and a train uh, that will bring them home to where they're going in Ukraine. Over just Monday, they had to get a special document to get them uh, to Moldova. And the Lord was good. They, they went to Edinburgh. Uh, I just want to say we're very thankful to, to Matt and Isabel Patton who picked them up at the airport, took them to the Ukrainian consulate they were to be there as close to nine as possible they were told they would probably have to wait until three o'clock and within three quarters of an hour it was all done and so Matt and his wife took them on a tour of Edinburgh and they got to see the castle and uh, they got home then Monday night at some time I don't know what time it was for we were in Ergen when they came home so the documents there and everything's in order flights are booked boarding passes are printed out and that they're traveling tomorrow. Will you pray for the journey? Will you pray for their protection? The blessing of God will be upon them. And there is a text that, that we love so much that we, we give to you tonight from Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee was the right hand of my righteousness. And so for us, we have 41 Ukrainians, and that's going to go down to 39 tomorrow. And uh, these are folks, humanly speaking, that we, in the flesh we may never see again. And so it's, it's a big, big decision that they've taken, but we understand wanting to be back with family, back with our husband, back with, with dad. We're going to pray... Uh, for both of them Lena, Lena and Sveta we'll ask you to come up just to the front here we'll get our elders to come and the pastor and we'll get two to pray we'll just come down I'm told if I bend this down then you'll hear them we're going to have prayer so we just, just come and stand I don't want to embarrass you in any way but we, we just want to pray and our elders that are here and pastor. The last one of our elders will lead us in prayer and then then pastor, can you pray also? So one, one elder from Hebron and the pastor will pray. Okay. Our loving Father and our eternal God, by humbly and reverently in thy presence, we thank thee for thy word and for the challenge of thy truth. And as we come together now, we particularly remember 
Stena and Ryan as they head back to the land of Ukraine. Let us know what goes before them. Let us know the journey that they will take. We thank thee for thy good hand upon them in bringing them originally to our town. Yes. O loving Father, we pray that the good hand of thy grace and thy mercy will be upon them. We pray, our loving Father, that thou wilt remember the situation that still prevails in the land of Ukraine. Let us know the devastation. Let us know the awful death that has taken place. We think of the sorrow. We think of the tears that have been shed. We pray, our loving Father, that thou wilt continue to keep thy good hand of provision and protection in the journey that will be taken tomorrow. Amen. And we pray, Father in heaven, that as there is family reunions, as there will be those who they will meet again, we pray that there will be a sense of the Lord's presence even to be their portion. May they cling to thy word that says, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. Amen. And we pray, our loving Father, that they will continue to prove the sufficiency of thy grace, the nearness of thy presence, and the protecting hand of thy goodness upon them. Amen. We pray in the Saviour's name. Amen.
So we have a hymn that we want to sing. It's 568. And we want our sister and her daughter to know that the great truth that is expressed here that God will take care of you. Not sure if you have it in your language, but it's be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you.
to say that it was a blessing and a privilege to have Lena and Sveta in her home. They were no bother. They were no trouble. Once we got rid of Vika and the, the righty ones, that was okay. I don't know what her English is like. I'm only kidding. Um, but uh, good to have had them. The Lord bless you as you travel back. Thank you for praying for the gospel mission. Last night the Reverend Gray said, can we get a photograph outside? So this was the, in the darkness outside. This was the advert for the mission as people drove by in the cars. And uh, thank you sincerely for remembering in prayer the mission. That just tonight, tomorrow night, the mission has probably come to an end or just coming to an end now. And the Reverend Morrow was preaching tonight, Reverend Gray, tomorrow night. We had a good time on the Lord's Day. The remembrance service went very well. Very glad uh, to the Lord for bringing it together, to Mervyn in the human sense for organizing it. And we appreciate that. And the many unconverted that come in to hear the word of God and to hear the great message of Christ and his redeeming work, his great substitutionary work. So thank you uh, for praying and <coughs> for what anyone did to, to make that service um, in a good sense successful. We had a very good night on Tuesday night. This was the, the Youth Challenge Pizza Night. And we had over 100 children who came in. And it was just tremendous to see them. Uh, we, Isabella, there in the centre, she brought four friends and uh, she worked hard to get people in onto the sound of the word. So these were ones, I think, this side and then the other side, the children uh, sitting in the meeting. And just a wee shot from behind, Joanna brought the message. And then the seniors, they were across in the other, uh, the other building in the fellowship area. It was so good to see them too. And I think Hugh brought the message. You're going to hear them sing a piece. There was one we sent out to your old away. Okay. Uh, my sister that lives in England, she says, what is that that they're singing after rolled away? She just couldn't quite make it out. I says, never come back. And uh, she said, that's a first for me. Never heard that before. So I think it must be particular to the free church. Uh, rolled away. Never come back. The burden of my heart rolled away. But this is a different one. I think... It's Mr. Noah built an ark. gospel into their minds and their hearts. Mentioned to you on Sunday about this Sunday school ministry in Kenya and these three classes that are meeting outside. We do really want you to pray for Pastor Patrice and all that is being done there uh, that the Lord will bless uh, the children that come from these homes, many of them non-Christian and some of them from uh, those families that brew alcohol uh, illegally. We want you to pray for the Taylor family. Uh, Mervyn got home, Adrian got home, so they are recovering at home. I remember Frank 
McAleese family oh, that's happening there in these days. And her brother Hubert came through his procedure and is recovering at home and doing well. I want you to remember Aline as she continues to recover. And we've mentioned uh, Alex Moffat. Alex was admitted to hospital yesterday. He, he had been coughing for five or six weeks. He had been sick, uh, vomiting after nearly every meal. And so they did blood tests and x-rays and they discovered a severe chest infection and blood infection. So he's getting antibiotics, he's on oxygen and uh, he'll, he'll likely not get out uh, by the weekend. So remember Alex and all the others that we're praying for and everything that is pertaining to our brethren and sisters in Ukraine. Uh, just keep in, t- in mind the text for our sister and her daughter as they go back. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. We're going to have a wee time of prayer. Uh, we've had prayer tonight already, but just a wee time of prayer as we commit ourselves to the Lord. We'll ask two or three people to leave us, to, to lead us. And we leave the audience off the internet tonight. We say good night and God bless you wherever you are, wherever you're from. Thank you.